0: Hey, Kieran. There we go. How are you? Good, and you? I'm so amped. <laughs> I'm
1: so nervous.
0: I'm so amped right now. So should I set this up quick? Let's set it up while I unpack First mine. of all, we have the highest number of people online ever for a 6 p.m. service since the start of lockdown. <laughs> 200 people logged on and decided we will watch this guy sweat it out. Secondly, this is Kieran Hempel. Kieran has Hello. been on staff here for... You want a clap for him? Has been on staff here. What's up with that? That's for that's for kids' section. <laughs> um, yeah, so brave. Kieran's been on staff for, for, for a couple of years now. Uh, mm. Six. Six years, seven six years. Going on. Seven. Uh, runs production, sound, audio, general spaces. Uh, incredible wit, sense of humor, but... Salty. Going to see what happens tonight. So that's why, they, apparently this is a thing, salty. That's why I asked him to do this. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the young, young um, no, not the young, the first We Feast um, Hot Ones YouTube channel. A guy called Sean Evans. He interviews celebrities and he is famous for asking incredibly intense research questions as you escalate in eating spicy chicken wings. We're going to do that tonight. He's got some questions. You can WhatsApp questions to our WhatsApp number, and I'll try and respond to them in the next few weeks because we're going to do this every week for four weeks. I also want you to know that the Scoville, which is the measure by which you measure spiciness in a sauce, starts at this side, at about uh, uh, 1,000 Scoville, and ends at 1.5 million. Scovel. Now, for reference, a shot of pepper spray is a million. Pepper spray is one million scoville. So, 1.5 this is a California Reaper. It Actually, comes with a warning that you should consult a doctor. Um, which we did not before and after use. So, which we are not going to. We're going to go there. Um, and um, Sources our, sent from all around the country. Yeah, sources have been sent from, no, no, some even around the world. We've got online community who've arranged the actual Hot One Sources to be delivered for next Sunday from America. That's incredible. The bomb is the one I'm especially, I am so keen on. Uh, I've got Martinez um, who sent me the two hottest ones from our online church in Joburg. I've got um, from our very far away uh, Utenay Kariha sauce because apparently the people in Kariha know how to make sauces. So that's, uh, that's, that's my favourite. We've got an entry-level Nando's uh, stuff and then the hottest Tabasco sauce currently on the market is called the Scorpion. That's 35,000 Scoville. So I don't know all the questions. I'm going to, we're going to spend 18 to 20 minutes doing Q&A and I'm going to land it on an eight-minute short summary. Uh, and the, the overarching nature of the conversation tonight is the reliability of the Bible. And some questions being asked and thrown around and TikTok online influencer type attacks on the topic are feeding into our conversation. Okay, uh, just a, a quick warning. Do not touch your eyes, ears, nose, just behave. Okay. Just so you know, uh, First We Feast has an entire section on their website that advises you how to do this if you want to do this at home, and we've taken their advice. So you've got to eat a slice of bread an hour before, and you've got to have wet wipes for tomorrow. And I mean, there's just a whole lot of things. <laughs> going on. A whole lot of things going on. A mixture of biblical questions and a
1: few personal ones sprinkled in there. Okay. Just to uh, spice things up a bit. Okay, we're going to eat first.
0: We're going to eat first. I I, I saw what you did there with that pun. (laughs) Spice it up a little. This is the Nando's Peri Peri Extra Hot. Okay, extra hot. Yeah, you start from right to left. Uh, I start from this side. No, that doesn't sound right. No, that's not right. I personally marinate Left to right. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Let's go, everybody. And then you can, let's feast first. (laughs) The firm, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a joke.
1: <clears throat> the first time we did this, we just dabbed spice on top of it. Pretty mediocre. Yeah, because then I we... read
0: that that's actually just cheating. you got to marinate. So, you know, I don't need the youth department contributing to this conversation <laughs> in any way.
1: <laughs> okay. First question. A large part of our faith revolves around scripture. Okay, it's a source of encouragement, it's a source of wisdom, some hard truths. It's God breathed. Therefore, it's a vital part of. Uh, it's vital to our faith that scripture is accurate, that it's um, it can be uh, um, applied to our lives, and we know that um, it's true. Uh, scripture is a collection of books. It made me nervous. What? Okay. Mm -hmm. Scripture's a collection of books. Uh, The Bible leaves out many books, though. The Bible leaves out many books. Okay. Uh, Some of the Gospel of Judas, Book of Enoch. Does the Bible I'm reading today is it complete? Is it incomplete? Can I trust what I'm reading?
0: You left out that the Catholic Bible has a whole section of extra books that are not. Yeah, but
1: that's a whole another hustle. Oh, that's okay. Another
0: okay. Sorry. (laughs) Look, there are some manuscripts. Uh, a scribe to, the, to to Judas. And there is a book of Enoch. But the thing that's very important is that like any ancient writings, okay, there has to be an evaluation of their validity, whether it's a Greek tragedy or whether it is uh, Shakespeare or whether it is a historical book on war or whether it is Holy Scripture. It goes through a process of evaluating. So you're going to make sure you've got a manuscript that is in its original language, more than 80% intact, start to finish, and hasn't been translated into alternative languages with edits.
1: And all 66 books in the Bible?
0: They meet that requirement. And the book of Judas, there's less than 18% of the book, and it's not in its original language, and we're not sure who wrote it. So, obviously, when you say these 66 books were chosen and included by definition, you excluded many, many more than the 66. Many. We're going to find lots still. Uh, But they didn't qualify even secular standard of historical accuracy. If this was just a university course on is this piece of manuscript true to the age and stage, the answer would have been no. And then the Bible is another layer of evaluation, and that is not only whether it is historically placed in the right time by the right author in the right language, and there's more than 80% of it, you have to ask, is it religiously sound? So can we be sure that the events in it are, are collated with other historical documents of like, was the king the king and the priest the priest and was there an emperor and that was his name whatever. So if they then met that requirement, they got included in what we call the canon of scripture, which is the sixty six books you refer to. And if they didn't meet that requirement, the point was, don't even study it. It's not even historically accurate, let alone religiously accurate. So the Bible you and I have is more accurate than the Greek tragedies you study at university. Wow. It's been through two qualifications to be there, not just historical. Who decided to put these 66 books together? Who? A bunch of very clever Greek priests. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, there, there was a gathering of uh, religious leaders about three, four hundred years after the, the death of Christ. And it was uh, uh, motivated by uh, uh, actually secular leaders at the time. The guys get together and and work out what you believe. And they went through the manuscripts through a process of evaluation and it was included into the text as, as the canon of Scripture. There is one book in the Bible that kind of got in, then came out, then back, went back in, and then there was a bit of debate about it and it stayed. Which one's that? Book of James. And that's because um, there was tension about works and faith in it. I will show you my faith by my works. seemed to be a contradiction to the actual text. Uh, but in that James is the half-brother of Jesus and the rest of the text was accurate, the decision was put it in the Bible because it meets the requirements, work out the theology amongst yourselves. Wow. Fascinating. That makes sense? Mm. Should we eat some more? I think so. Because I'm, I'm pretty hungry, I went not lie. Now let's <laughs> take it up a notch. Don't we have chicken wings after the service? I don't want to hear about chicken wings At believe- least month. <laughs> You're doing this with me for three weeks. Okay, guys, this is a... Um, this is 3,500 Scoville. You okay there? Mm,
1: it's Some, sweet. Yeah, so I'm going to put on in your bra or something.
0: Okay. The devil's waiting for you. (laughs) Okay.
1: Can I take everything the Bible says at face value? So I was reading my Bible, not on any websites, such as uh, BibleConspiracies.com or anything like that, forward slash aliens. Okay. Psalm 22 verse 21. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. Did David really see unicorns or was fam tripping a bit on some herb? (laughs) I mean, when I was in kids' church, I didn't see any unicorns on the side of the walls. It was all Jonah and the whale. And it turns out it wasn't even a whale. It was just a big fish. Did you say someone was tripping? Fam be tripping on herbs. I think you're a bit too pale to talk like that. But,
0: um... (laughs) (laughs) Just... Give the young man a bit of spicy chicken wings, and he goes through a whole skin tone change. Mentions TikTok to stay um, relevant. Do you know there, there's a lot of conversation around um, when you say can't take it at face value is everything literal? Did mm-hmm. Jonah get eaten by an actual whale?
1: When do I? When can I read it metaphorically, or should it be read metaphorically, or poetic, or literal? How do I know when to read it?
0: So the answer is that uh, the Bible is a bit of all of those. It is sometimes metaphorical, sometimes poetic, sometimes literal. But it always reveals Jesus. And so if you read it with any level of uh, comprehension, maturity, you're going to discover that. But it isn't only always literal. And I know that's a dangerous statement, but for example, I mean, you can't go, I mean, you know, if you read Song of Solomon... Never. That's a full-on love story. That is not a... I mean, that's a love story. It's about why love is so incredible. There's a part in it about the coconut of the coconut tree, and that's referring to women's breasts. You know? Oh, you didn't know that. Okay, so I guess you're you not going read to be reading... You're not going to be reading about unicorns later. You're going to researching Song of Solomon. Um, that was I, a dangerous I think place. <laughs> you read everything. Here's the key. Read it in context. Hmm. Read it in con, like anything. If you read a poem, read the whole poem. If you read a tragedy, read the whole thing. If you read a science journal, read the whole thing. But sometimes people just read the headline, aliens found on rock, and then you read the journal, like there's a squiggle on a rock that could, five million years ago, have been a worm, that if we add water, we're going to wait a million years and see. The headline is not enough. So why do we treat the Bible... Under unjust rules compared to any other normal comprehension and reading, like metric level reading. Why would we do that? And so, if you applied really just basic literary principles, you'd figure it out. Read
1: it in context.
0: Yeah, read it in context. So that's it. Let number love. three. Should we go for it? Current brother, the, the, number three now, is you to make. Yeah, this is a serious one. A serious source or a serious question? Serious. Sauce. Okay, let's go. It's very brave. Now I know exactly where I'm going. Plus it's in the middle. I've got to go there. Yeah, that one's got a bite. Good morning to the lips.
1: tomorrow I'm just going to make as many inappropriate jokes as I can personal question USA <laughs> did you really have a side hustle selling AstroTurf while in ministry and what was the catchphrase of your AstroTurf company for those who don't know.
0: Okay, um, it, it was synthetic grass, because the technical te- definition of astroturf is for sports use, and I wasn't doing sports installation, but yes, I installed synthetic grass at people's homes, and my catchphrase on the website was, it's plastic, but it's fantastic. I'm not even
1: kidding.
0: <laughs> and that paid my salary while we started the church. That's incredible. So I was the guy in Warmer Park with a little display of plastic grasses at different depths and hearts, and then we were selling them and installing them. Wow. Hardest job. That grass is so heavy. Cart- carting it around. I had a little um, a VW. I had to load it up in the back, and the biggest job we did was a house in Blue Bay. Uh, this family... Had a pool and then, like, a huge garden around it. They didn't want grass anymore. I take the grass out, replace it with astroturf. Took me weeks. Resigned after that from my own company.
1: We'll <laughs> 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 follow up with um, your craziest NMU, well, I think back then, UPE ministry story.
0: Craziest ministry The most
1: daring thing you did in the name of the gospel. am exposing um, you for
0: everything. So... <clears throat> Uh, NMU uh, has an a, a admin building, 18 floors, the main building. And I broke into the, the roof where the air conditioners are and then I painted a sign um, that said turn or burn. <laughs> and I hung it over the edge with some bricks to hold it down and then on a windy day, uh, the bricks pulled up and smashed through the rector's window on the 18th floor. And he called me. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. How did he know it was you? To an <laughs> He knew it was me because of the previous time he called me to his office. <laughs> I decided that it was very important for people to know that getting to know Jesus was a matter of life or death. So we bought a, we bought a coffin. <laughs> and during lunchtime, we marched the coffin <coughs> in a death procession through, through building 35, down, down the thing to the cafeteria. And I was standing with a sign saying, will it take six men to get you to church? Yeah. <laughs> there was some complaints. I nearly got expelled. Wow. <sighs> okay, euthnag not a joke, eh? <laughs> okay, Next. The next next one's not a joke either. So this is 35,000 Scoville. You you nearly tapped out at this point. No, you don't need to expose me like that. Michael definitely tapped out on Uh, retreat at this point. And so, or, or, well played. I just realized. He sought medical help from his fiance. Okay, let's go. Jesus, take the wheel.
1: It's not like my lips aren't burning already. <laughs>
0: it's not even a nice taste now. <clears throat> this one has a one minute timer. Just so you know, I'm just warning you in one minute, there's a little demonic manifestation that takes place.
1: All right, then I'm going to ask you a question now so you can sweat while you answer it. There's a variety of translations of the Bible. Some translations uh, conflict with each other. Some verse in the Bible conflict with each other. What would you have to say or how would you respond to someone who raises concerns <clears throat> over these
0: contradictions? Tell them to wait until they have more. <laughs> <clears throat> um. <clears throat> Is that ice ice Oh, oh! Come on! I see what you did. What is it? Because I need these it. are frozen. Toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, later. For now, I don't know. Um, I'll see you there. Will you, will you hold on to that? Okay. So there are lots of translations. That's true, and they do sometimes appear to have um, to have some con- contra- contradictions. Um, but I think what's important is to know why they were translated in the first place. Are you managing okay? Whose
1: phone's going off in the middle of my hot question? You, you're not a good
0: preacher. you just got to accept those things. They Come happen to the, the front, time. For bro. Why was it translated? Um, so sometimes translations are done because language changes. Um, we use words differently. Years and years ago, one word might mean something and then as time goes by, the meaning of that word changes and you can't use it like that anymore. Um, To get controversial, because I don't think we have been enough yet, um, like joy used to have amongst its lists of possible words, gay was joy or joyful 30, 40 years ago. Well, you just couldn't keep that word in that context. In the way culture uses that word now, so it's it's translation change for that purpose. Um, excuse me, and then there's translation also changes um, uh, because we get a chance every so many years to relook at the original manuscript.
1: So this is a pursuit of accuracy.
0: Correct, and it'll keep doing that. Um, you must remember when we translate the Bible to another language, say they almost have the newest version of accuracy of understanding of text. And so it's important for us to go back and relook at it. However, there is not one material contradiction or change in the translations that changes the meaning of the book at all. It's not there. And so it's a red herring to say, well, there are a lot of translations, so therefore uh, if the Bible's not accurate. It's not true. People can translate things and be accurate. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, Kieran, Um, how are we doing on time? I I am sniveling. We're going to go straight to the last. Disappointed. Straight to the last one. Are we? Are you going to skip one now? Okay. Yeah, we're going to need to go to the last one. Is that the 1.5 million scoville? Okay, so it's got a Californian Reaper um, chili in it. It's made of it. And it comes with a, a medical warning. And um, what are you doing? Reinforcements. <laughs> you got some
1: lemon juice and some just cream, straight up.
0: Shut up, cream. Okay. Ask your question. Let's eat. Do you know what? <clears throat> I think a dab <clears throat> is what the is what the series does. for the days of tooth. Okay, let's go. <coughs> it's genuinely not funny. Both sides. Both
1: sides. I have a personal story, <laughs> where a friend, relative, even our own personal story, uh, where they have defended and believed the Bible, live out its teachings, and yet when in a time of need, they called upon God for a miracle. So
0: just stop talking for a second.
1: I got to get this out. Before I'm I here. Start a choking. single thing you <laughs> They called upon God in their time of need, like now, <laughs> for a miracle, you... and God was silent. Someone's having a good go at us.
0: Who left the faith?
1: It's going to be me soon if it doesn't <clears throat> calm down, yeah.
0: Okay, go again, Kieran. You've got like 30 seconds.
1: We all have a personal story where a friend, relative, even our own personal story, where. Um, Defended the faith, yes. believed the Bible, and lived out its teachings, and yet when, in a time of need, they called upon God for a miracle, and God seemed to be silent, and circumstance prevailed. If the Bible's accurate and trustworthy, and the Word of God is, uh, quote, living and active, why then do we not see its promises come out uh, in all our lives, circumstances, and in times
0: of desperation and need? Um, I think your problem is that you only want to see the nice promises, There were people in the Bible who suffered loss, had shipwrecks, got beaten, died for their faith, and still believed. Hmm. And I don't want a Christianity that is made up of sort of little fairy dust moments that move me from one sort of grassy experience to the next. I want to know that if I'm dying for my faith, it still holds. It still holds. <laughs> so you go got to sit there and suffer with me. <clears throat> that is really very unpleasant, I have to tell you. I'm struggling to see the point of this idea. I can't feel my face anymore. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is, it was, I think it was my idea. <laughs> um, I, want, I want to tell you a, a couple of things to close off about the Bible. And <clears throat> this category of questions is called the inerrancy of Scripture. Um, Does it have error or is it error-free? And I I think there are a couple of things you've got to remember about the Bible. You can know the Bible and not be a Christian. People study the Bible like they study other forms of literature all the time. You have to know Jesus and then the Bible makes sense. So we've got to be careful. We don't get too hung up on the Bible. I mean, we must get anchored on it but not hung up on it if a word doesn't make sense or a unicorn pops up in the Psalms, I think we've got to know Jesus because the Bible is going to take us the rest of our lives to unpack. The second thing is about the Bible is that there is nothing in your life that you can fully know, yet you make decisions all the time. You marry someone and you don't fully know them and can't be 100% sure they're the mate and the one and only, you work that out as you go. You pick a career path. You go, well, that's, to the best of my knowledge, that's who I am and that's what I'm going to do. Why then with Jesus do we want to be linguists who fully understand every letter of the Bible before we make a decision? Make a decision. Right? None of you buys stuff and goes and reads the terms and conditions when you get home. Please. But suddenly with the Bible, we want to read... Stop drinking milk. It doesn't stop. <laughs> suddenly with the Bible, i got fire in my soul now. It's beating the fire on my lips. You preach faster. So you just... Somebody in that section I'm going to be praying for tonight. They did not bring a spirit of encouragement when they came. So I think, I think you have to be very, very careful that you don't use... Uh, not knowing enough as, as the reason. Uh, because because I think there is a danger to that. Uh, you can't know everything about anything, let alone eternal things. But you can know about Jesus and build a relationship with him and then the Bible starts to connect. And the way I want to explain that is, there's a story in the Bible in, in the book of Luke, that's what I was looking up now, um, <clears throat> that uh, I think I think summarizes that for me the most. Um Give me a second, I can't see uh, with the tears coming out of my eyes here. Uh, It's in Luke chapter 24, and it's from verse 13. It's the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Jesus is dead, buried, resurrected. They're studying the Scriptures. Jesus comes alongside them, and they can't make sense of Scripture, Old Testament Scripture at the time. And they're talking and walking and talking, walking, and Jesus comes alongside them. They don't recognize Jesus. And then Jesus says, what are you reading? And they go, these scriptures, but they're not really making sense. And then as they get closer to the town of Emmaus, some of you know the story, they invite Jesus, come stay with us. And while he's breaking bread, oh, that's Jesus. And then the scriptures made sense. You can study the Bible all you want. You will, It will not make sense on a soul level until you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour. And you should remember that the early Christians did not have printed Bibles. There would be a copy of something in a temple or church and the priest or pastor would read it out. You'd go home, think about it. You didn't get to sit there with a Google Translate and re-evaluate. So what happened in the early days is that people had a relationship and then they did their research in small chunks. We've now come full circle. People do a lot of research, you've got no relationship. And I do think we need to settle that matter. There's lots of stuff in the world. There's giants who have children with the sons of angels. I mean, there's confusingly interesting stuff there. But it's about Jesus. And I just wonder if there is anybody listening, even now or later than love, that, that your study of it is preventing you from entering into the spirit of it and coming into the, into the newness of life coming into the newness of life that should come from that. I'm not clever enough to fully know everything the author intended. But I think that's true of a lot of writing out there. But I can enjoy it. And so I really want to encourage you as we wrap up, um, have a relationship with Jesus and let the reward be revelations in the Bible. And, and don't let the not knowing everything prevent you from saying, but based on what I do know, this I do know, Jesus is Lord. We start there. And if, if, if you don't, you know, I can tell if people, I mean, I think all of us can tell if someone doesn't have a re- real relationship with Jesus uh, because they ask for an excuse or an explanation rather than a revelation or an understanding. So very often we'll go see this thing in the Bible. Explain that, and then I'm going to just tell you uh, that's you know you could just as well go to a, a, a lecturer who who does the Greek classics and say you see this play, explain that. You know you're not going to get anything out of that. So I wonder if we could close our eyes for a moment, and I'd just like to invite you to consider crossing the line of of understanding on the head, in the head rather, to understanding in the heart. And if you've never done that, I, I really just want to encourage you to do that. I mean, you can hang around this stuff all your whole life and you won't enter into it. You know, do you know what I mean? So if that's you, I, I just, I mean, whether you're online or, or in the room, I'd love for you to just respond. And it literally just is as simple as, I believe, uh, that that you are my Lord and Saviour, that you came to take away my sins and I'll follow you. Because you know the way of life, the road map, the journey I should take is is marked out in you. So I'm in a, that's the wisest move for my life. And if, if you're in that space, I'd just love to pray with you, just like wherever you are. I don't, ask no one to look around now, just because it's personal. And if you do this online, I'd love for you to just comment that you pray a, a prayer with us. And we'll help you cross the line into different steps in your faith. Like it's a lifetime journey and you're going to love it. But if that's where you're at, like I just want you to navigate there. Just maybe stick your hand up long enough for me to see it and go, hey, you know, I I need to get into the relationship part of this thing. Uh, and Not just the research and the sort of, I need to get into the relationship of it. Thank you. Just just, uh, um, uh, express yourself by going, Lord, I... I need to respond. Thank you. So I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to invite you to repeat it in your heart. And if you're watching this online, you can whisper it uh, under your breath and then take an action. Tell a friend, comment in the comment section, follow the link and let us know so we can hook you up at a little alpha get together or basics thing. But here's the prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I am far from you, separated by sin, but I want to be right with you, brought together by your sacrifice. So please forgive me for ignoring you or trying to trap you or trick you. Please come into my life. Become my Lord and Saviour. I choose to follow after you and obey. Holy Spirit, help me figure this out. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.